Second Chronicles 9, the Queen of Sheba comes onto the scene and she hears of the reputation of King Solomon. I mean, his fame is going far and wide. Uh, this is the king, obviously, who asked the Lord for wisdom. The one thing that he that he asked for above anything else was wisdom. And the Lord was so pleased with that right request that the Lord, yes, he gave Solomon wisdom, but he gave him a whole lot more, a whole lot more. And that's the way the Lord is. The Lord works like that. He, Our God is not a, <clears throat> a miserly God. He is the God of uh, gracious abundance. And sometimes we don't measure it with the same measuring stick that we should. We're always thinking in terms of temporal, temporal, temporal. But our God loads us daily with benefits if we just had the eyes to see it. Anyway, Second Chronicles 9, we start reading here in verse 1, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions. So here she hears the fame of Solomon, and she has hard questions that she's going to uh, submit to him so that she can test him and see uh, the kind of wisdom that that he's purported to have. So, prove him with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance <coughs> and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. It's a beautiful little phrase. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. Look at this beautiful um, communion that's going on here. There's just this wonderful flow of exchange of questions and answers and, and the hearing of wisdom and so on. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also, and their apparel and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. It just took her breath away. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their, their words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me. For thou exceedest the fame that I heard. And we'll stop our reading there. I just wanted to make some, some applications here uh, on prayer itself. On prayer itself. What got me thinking along these lines is just that, that lovely little phrase where in verse 1 it says, She communed with him of all that was in her heart. She communed with him of all that was in her heart. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? And especially when we think of 
the greater than Solomon, and how we can come to him in the place of prayer specifically. And this is exactly what we can enjoy. I mean, exactly what we can enjoy. We're meant to enjoy this kind of communion with the greater than Solomon. Now, the first thing I'll have you note is that he had a reputation. Solomon had a reputation. You see that in verse 1. The queen of Sheba heard of the fame. And again in verse 5, it was a true report. So he had a reputation that went far and wide. And you know what? The Lord has a reputation. He does. He has a reputation. Where do we find that? We find it in the Word. You read all of the reports of the Word, and we could probably say the same thing. We have heard with our ears what our fathers have told us and what we read in the Word. We have heard of the fame of the Lord and of His great works. Ah, but we need to now see it for ourselves, don't we? So he had a reputation. Second thing I'll note is that the Queen of Sheba came with this great entourage, didn't she? She had a very great company, again in verse 1, camels, spices, gold, precious stones. I mean, she came with, uh, with worth. Let's just put it that way. She came not completely on her own. She didn't just walk into the presence of Solomon just completely solo. She came with this great entourage. And, you know, you could just imagine that, that great train coming down through Jerusalem and people just looking, who is this? What is this? And it was, it was very notable, I'm sure. Well, we don't come on our own either. We should, we should acknowledge that. We don't come bare before the Lord just standing there all by ourselves in our own worth, in our own merit. No, 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 no. We come with greater than all that you see here. You see this great company and the camels and the abundance? Guess what? We come before the Lord clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. That is the truth. That is literally the truth. We come before God greater than all that you see here. I mean, there is no higher position to come before God than clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. So we are coming before God, not completely just ourselves walking into his presence. We are coming clothed with the righteousness of Christ. We have worth, not in and of ourselves, we know that, we feel quite worthless many, many times. But we come, even in our worst day, we're coming clothed in all of the merit and all of the worth and all of the perfection and all of the worthiness to be heard and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We need to see that. We need to understand that. It's not just us barging in and just... and and doing it all on our own strength. We're coming on the grounds. We have a right to come. And by the way, Esther, when she approached the king, remember that? And Esther, 
she what did she do she came and she donned on her royal apparel it says there she was clothed in her royal apparel and then she came to the king and by the way the king received her the wise men even with jesus birth the wise men came with their gifts they came with their gold and their frankincense and myrrh so we come into the presence of god clothed in the righteousness of jesus christ i want us to remember that but then she had hard questions didn't she <clears throat> she had some she had some hard questions for solomon i mean she wasn't just going to she wasn't just going to come and and uh, waltz into the presence of this great king and and just talk little silly things she came with some hard questions she came prepared and she came communing with solomon all that was in her heart all the questions that she had so you can say she had hard questions and she had heart questions all these hard questions but it was her heart that was completely open and that's the way we should pray that's that's the if i have to say the main point of what i'd like to to say here is that we don't come to god with this stale um canned prayers where where we're basically just it sounds good but it's it's just canned and it's stale and it's stuff that we've said over and over again maybe it's uh theologically correct and all that but it's as stale as anything and the, by the way the lord knows that no she came and she came and communed with solomon all that was in her heart and that is the way we need to learn i believe to pray when we pray by ourselves friends let's learn the art if i can say it this way of communing with the lord all that is in our heart just open our heart to god uh, and come with your hard questions yes gee the lord the lord wants this he is not so fragile like some of us are he is not so brittle in the sense that oh we can't we can't ask that of the lord ah oh, no the lord invites the hard questions i was thinking hard questions i wonder what kind of questions uh she asked but we know the kind of things that believers have posed to the lord throughout the scripture the psalmist is full of this right the psalmist is always asking the lord hard questions you know why are you so far off um why why are these things happening to me um you look at gideon gideon asked a hard question didn't he when the angel first came to him he said lord if the if the lord is with us then where are all the miracles that our fathers keep telling us about where how come we don't see the miracles today well that's a hard question bring all your hard questions to the lord and make sure they're coming from the heart that's the big takeaway here uh, the last thing i'll just say is the the response you have the reputation the readiness or the being robed the request the hard questions and then the response 
Boy, she was not disappointed. She was not disappointed. You see, um, she communed with all that was in her heart, and eventually there was no breath in her. She said, half, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me. This fame, this reputation, it doesn't even come close to what the reality is. And that's the way the Lord is. Now, we need to ask the Lord that. I, 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 I would like to ask the Lord that. If this is true, Lord, then, like Gideon, using the words of Gideon, then where be all the miracles that our fathers have told us? But we know at the end of the day, when the last chapter is written, that the response of the Lord will be that which does not disappoint us. We're not going to get to heaven disappointed. I guarantee you we're not going to get to heaven disappointed. Now we may have all kinds of questions and, and struggles and, yay, yes, even disappointments in this life. But when the last chapter is written, we will not. This will be our testimony. This will be exactly our testimony. Doesn't this... Uh, this kind of sentiment reminds you of what we read in Ephesians 3.20. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can either ask or think. That's a big statement. If that weren't in the Bible, you really dare not say such a thing. But he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can possibly ask or think. That's the God that we serve. You think our God isn't greater than King Solomon here? Of course he is. This is the God that we serve. So, thou art coming to a king. Great petitions with thee bring. So said John Newton. I don't think we ask the Lord for great enough things. So, God bless you, and I pray that our prayer lives will be brought up a notch, my own prayer life, with the pattern of Queen of Sheba here. Amen. Well, let's seek the Lord together and pray and ask Him for a revival, for that outpouring of the Spirit of God on, on this very dry and thirsty land where no water is. There's a famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord.